Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the manifestation of your presence in this service. Thank you for healing. Thank you for saving. Thank you for refilling and filling with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, oh God. Thank you for our bishop. Thank you for your grace. Now, God, even as I stand here right now, I'm very clear in this service that I'm not smart enough, I'm not articulate enough, I don't know enough to speak to these people. By far, I'm not the best preacher in this room. I recognize that I, most of these people I don't even know. And so I ask God from this point forward that I not say another word and that you speak through me to us. I ask that you speak a rhema prophetic word to us where our lives will never be the same again. And Father, as you speak, I ask that souls will be saved, bodies will be healed as you speak, that people will be filled and refilled with your Holy Ghost. And as you speak, God, we rebuke every demonic force that comes to hinder your word. Satan, the blood of Jesus rebukes you even right now. Every distracting spirit, every confusing spirit, every hindering spirit, every competitive spirit is rebuked in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And we declare victory even right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you, Lord, for our leader. Thank you for the leadership of this church. And we receive all that you have for us on this morning. All that agree with that prayer would just shout amen. 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 Look, you can do whatever you want to do. If you want to stand up, stand up. If you want to sit down, sit down. You and your father's house, be free. There's freedom in this place on this morning. There's power in this place on this morning. I want to say I'm so grateful and honored to be here this weekend on this historic weekend, the birthday eve of our father, presiding bishop, bishop, our prelate role model, just a great man of God, our bishop, Bishop Charles Blake. I know you're excited that he's your pastor, but I need you to know he's my pastor too. Come on, let's thank God for my pastor. You know what's so significant about 50 years of pastoring is that the year that he began pastoring is the year that I was born. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I look up to him. That shows me that I got a long way to go. And I honor he and Lady May. They are the epitome of greatness, class, and just excellence over a long time. Uh, my wife, Bishop, and Lady May sends her greetings to both of you. She loves you. I love my wife. She loves them so much. And I honor my wife, uh, my girlfriend for life. I haven't been married long. I'm a newlywed. We've only been married 25 years this year, so that's a newlywed. No, that's newlywed in the Church of God in Christ. These folks have been married a long time. So I'm trying to catch them. But I'm grateful that I'm in a perfect marriage and I'm grateful that I'm married to my wife and we have a perfect marriage. 
And um, I thought y'all were different than the first service, but I still feel that, that spirit. Like some of y'all mad at me that I said I had a perfect marriage. Like ain't no such thing as no perfect marriage. Yes, it is. Have a perfect marriage. I don't care what they show you on the housewives show. Okay, what they show you on that, you can have a perfect marriage. Perfect marriage, I need to describe it. A perfect marriage is not a marriage where there are no problems and everything is always okay. Every marriage has challenges. But in a perfect marriage, we are perfectly committed to one another. And we ain't going nowhere. So I thank God for my wife, my girlfriend for life and our perfect marriage. I'm so grateful to Elder Lawrence Blake my brother who really helped make it happen with the Awakening Project. We got to hang out with him and Elder Bullock and the team as we ministered and young adults and young people on yesterday. And it's phenomenal what happened on yesterday. That's why I was, came here. And it's a part of the Awakening Church of God in Christ World Missions. This division of our father, our bishop, was a missions trip to American cities, rural and urban there are 40 cities this week that simultaneously we were doing outreach uh, and reaching out. There were no church services. Everything was outside, whether it's homeless shelters, nursing homes, hospitals, schools, uh, all types of places. We decided instead of having service, we would do service. Over 5,000 hours of community service since Monday done in the Church of God in Christ. And guess what? Even greater than that, over 3,200 souls have been saved with no church services since Monday across the country. And that's exciting. So I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited. You met some of uh, the VIPs from World Vision we've partnered with. They, these people run American World Vision. They're the top people in America for World Vision. Uh, Brother Johnny, Pastor Johnny Huddle and Evangelist Carol Danner. They um, donated thousands of dollars worth of materials to help across the country for us to make impact. And I appreciate their help in helping us to make an impact for the kingdom. I also want to thank God for my younger brother. I'm older than him by two months. So I thank God for my younger brother, Pastor Charles Blake. Yeah, I don't let him forget it. We're born the same year. Amen. <laughs> I want to share. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And all of the distinguished guests that have been acknowledged, we thank God. Let's go to the word, 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 47. I prayed what God would have me to share today. And with this 50 years of pastoring West Angeles Church, 79 years of celebration of life to continue, God gave me to share with you the attitudes of a real champion. So I'm going to share with you just for a few moments the attitudes of a real champion. And we're going to look a bit from the life of David and how the life of David mirrors our presiding bishop, Bishop Blake, our pastor, and how we can learn lessons from his life, King David's life, to apply to us to continue to impact. When I see greatness like Bishop Blake, I see a real champion. Sometimes when we say champion, we think of sports, but sports is okay, but it's kind of... Um, uh, temporary championships. Some people, five, ten years after winning championships, they sell their rings, they sell their trophies. But I'm talking about eternal champions that have lives that are championship all through their lives and it reverberates through to eternity. 
I want you to just look with me to 2 Samuel chapter 22 just for a moment. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to share from it. It says, 22, we're going to start at verse 47. It says, the Lord lives. This word is powerful. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted. The rock of my salvation. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. He is the tower of salvation to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. The word of God is blessed. Again, I want to share with you attitudes of a real champion. When we read this text, it blesses us so much. It strengthens us because this text, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22, is not just a text, it's the lyrics to a song. The entire chapter is a song. By the way, speaking of songs, I believe we heard heaven today from this choir and this music department. Dr. Judith McAllister is my sister, Apostle Judith McAllister. Oh, we heard heaven today from this choir. This, maybe y'all can put some music to this. Anyway, this is a song sang. It's a song of victory. You know, you better watch the music you listen to. It can jack you up. You listen to the wrong music. Some music you start listening to, you'll get depressed. Baby, I can't live without you. This is a song of victory. And this song of victory is sang after David's greatest victory. Many people look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 and they look at that as David's greatest victory when he fought Goliath. But that was not his greatest victory. We look at that victory and that was great, but that was not his greatest victory. This Time. This time of championship is his greatest victory because David himself had just finished fighting Goliath's sons and his brother. See, he killed Goliath, but there were three sons and a brother that he had to fight also. I need you to know, I don't want to get stuck in my introduction, but I need you to know, first of all, if you save, the fight is not over. Whoever told you that you would come to Jesus and everything would be okay and all your problems would go away, they lied to you. That was a lie from hell. As a matter of fact, when you are hooking and crooking and slanging and doing all you was doing, drinking Coke 45, OE, Hennessy, whatever you was doing, smoking spliffs, dog, the devil wasn't fighting you then because he already had you. He got mad when you got free. When you walked in the house of the Lord, decided that I'm going to change. I'm not going to be a slave no more. I'm not going to be out there no more. I'm going to be committed to my marriage, my family, my children, my community. My life matters. That's when the devil started fighting you. And some of y'all, the devil will mess you up. Before I got saved, I had friends. But now that I'm saved, I ain't got no friends. You never had no friends. Them folks was using you. 
And if you in the church with no friends, you got a problem because there's a whole lot of people here that God put you with. The fight continues. Now, now the devil know you're not going to go back to them things that you used to do. But the devil just wants, he don't need you to go out there smoking and drinking, doing whatever you were doing, fighting slang and gang banging. But if he can make you soft, he got you. I don't know how we got so soft in the church. People talking about I'm going through. What's going on? People talking about me. What? If the worst of my problems was people talking about me, people looking at me funny, it's a good day. That's all. People talking about you. Some hours at another church, Bishop, true story. I can't come to church because they got clicks in the church. Clicks? You should be a click buster. What's up? What's up? What we doing, dog? What we doing, Bishop? What y'all talking about? You sitting over there whining like a little baby. Quit being so soft. How the devil make you so soft? People looking at you funny. Let me tell you something. I feel good when somebody grin me, look me up and down. I'll be like, check it out, check it out. They ain't got another one like this. You don't get nobody, nothing else like this. Keep on looking. Look at my big nose, my kinky hair. Look at my black skin. Love it, because I love it. God made me this way. I don't feel bad when you're looking at me, because when you're looking at me, that means I got your attention. And if I got your attention, that means, baby, there's something good about this for you to be checking it out. Don't nobody talk about the losing team. They only talk about winners. So if they're talking about you, you in good place. Matter of fact, because I feel y'all, you see y'all messing me up. See, now I'm going into prophetic mode because somehow, uh-uh, that ain't what they told me. Let me tell you something. Everybody ain't even supposed to like you. Who told you everybody was supposed to like you? Jesus said, woe unto you when everybody speaks good of you. Somebody should be saying something bad about you. If everybody happy with you, that means, look, if you playing basketball and nobody trying to block your shot, you probably on the wrong end of the court. <laughs> look at me, ain't nobody. <sighs> and you know what, Bishop, I, look at this. They got this crazy stuff. They call it church hurt. They got church hurt. It's somebody looking at the live stream right now. Where you at? You need to get in church next week. I'm telling you, come tonight. Come tonight. Sitting at home, sitting on your bed, feeling sorry for yourself. Get in here with us. Because if you can't make it in the church, you can't make it nowhere. At least we trying to love you up in here. They ain't even trying to love you up there. It just came. I got Walmart hurt. I still go to Walmart. I got Walmart hurt, man. They make me do two jobs for no pay. I'm the cashier and the bagger. And nobody trained me. So I'm scanning boop, boop, putting it in the bag, put it in the bag. It's in the bag. Put it, it's in the bag. No discount, no training, but I still go back. 
Don't let the devil make you soft. Because when it's difficult, you start pissing. No, no, we got to move. Y'all stop that. Y'all stop that. David, greatest victory was against the sons of Goliath. Don't nobody, everybody talks about Goliath. That was 40 years before, but later there's still victories. Remember this in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus defeated the devil in the wilderness, it says that the devil left to come back for another opportune time. Whenever you have a victory, you need to know another fight is coming. And I need to tell you something. The things you fought had babies and they coming back for revenge. So don't you resting on your laurels. I got saved and sanctified. Everything okay. No, they coming back. But let me tell you, bring it on, Cletus, because when you get back over here, you're going to draw back a nub. I ain't having this. Chapter 21 that comes before this chapter outlines the four, the four other giants. It outlines the four other giants. This, why, this is why David had five smooth stones and not just one. Because he said, man, I'm about to kill Goliath, but there's some other ones over there. Thank God they ran, but they came later. There are five other giants that came. In chapter 21, verse 16, there's a giant named Ishbi Binob. Uh, who had a, a spear that was 300 shekels and, and he thought he could kill David. And then in verse 18, there was a giant named Saph who was Goliath's son. Verse 19, there was the brother of Goliath who had a spear the same size as a weaver's beam. That's exactly the same size as Goliath's spear. Let me tell you something. The devil not too creative. He bring the same old tricks all the time. When you decide I'm not falling for the same tricks, man, I just turned 50 years old. You think I'm falling for the gluteus maximus and the mammary glands in my face now? I'm too old for that. I'm going to love my wife. You think I'm going to fall for the gluteus maximus and the mammary glands and I got a good wife who loves me at home? Do you really think I'm going to fall for that like I'm 22 years old? The devil is a lie. I fell for that then. I'm not going to fall for it now. Ooh, ooh. At least get creative, devil. <laughs> then there was Goliath's other son who had, this is what it says in the text. Wait, what verse was that? There was Goliath's other son. He had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. This is the Bible. I don't know who would say the Bible is boring. You've obviously been spoiled by Netflix. The Bible is great. Hulu has life's worst. So he has six fingers, six toes. That means he was ugly. It just came to me earlier. I wonder did he have to pay extra for a medi pedi? I'm not sure. <laughs> like FOMO. <laughs> Get up. Just put some clear on there. These giants, they wanted revenge and they came back to fight David. But the wonderful thing is that David, even though he got the victory, he never fought once. He went to fight. But Abishai, who killed Ishbi Binab, said, no, David, you're not fighting this fight because they want to kill you. You're too valuable for us. You have nothing to prove. We will fight on your behalf because you have put too much into us. 
Man, that, that's, I'm, I'm glad y'all got it. Let me, let me make sure y'all get in the balcony. The bottom line is, Bishop, who is a champion, don't have nothing to prove for nobody. Somebody else ought to say, we shouldn't stand back and watch him fight. We need to say, Bishop, we got this now. We got this. You don't have to do that. Don't you be comparing your pastor to some YouTube pastor that just got a cell phone last week and this man been excellent for all these years and you want him to keep up with somebody who just got a cell phone? The devil is a lie. I just wish Bishop was like my YouTube pastor. I'm so glad he ain't. your YouTube pastor know like two scriptures <laughs> two scriptures and he misquote them <laughs> and you said I heard on YouTube <laughs> the beauty of it is because I gotta say this I gotta say this I gotta say this the beauty is that that champions have teams, I'm gonna get to that in a minute. But the beautiful thing, I, can't, I gotta say it now, that these men were able to fight against the giant. Let me show you who fought against the giant. Abishai killed Ishbi Binob. Sibachi, the Hushite, killed Saf. El Haman, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath. And Jonathan, David's brother, killed Goliath's son with the six fingers and six toes. Wait, wait, wait. David's brother. David's brother killed Goliath's son. Don't nobody talk about that. Usually when they talk about David's brothers, they talk about what they said 40 years ago, and they got them stuck there. They're the ones that you, who you think you are. You know, and there's something, we still remember what bad somebody said to us 40 years ago, having moved on. They've been delivered. They've been free. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. They're moving on. But you know, back in 1992, he, 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 he looked at me funny. I'll never forgive him for that. No one talks about that, and it tells us something. Skip this, skip that, skip that. There's three things we see that are attitudes of champions. In light of this song that's being sang at this time, my God. <sighs> champions discern, they distinguish, and they delight. They discern the divine, they distinguish the source of their strength, and they delight in God's works. This is, look at it real quick, real quick. They discern the divine. Uh, David says in um, verse 47 of chapter 22, the Lord lives. He didn't say I'm great. He didn't say I'm somebody. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. It was not about him. It was not about his education. It was not about who he knew. It was not about where he'd been because all that he ever had done well was not him. He knew it was the Lord. That's how Bishop is. He walk in the room, he don't tell people about his degrees and where he had been. If you didn't know, you didn't know about his doctorate. You don't know about all the committees and all the boards he's been on. You don't know all, all the places he's going and all the, all the CEOs and people he's worked with. He just walks in the room nice and humbly and do what he got to do. Because when you got to toot your own horn, you're not really a champion. <laughs> he walks in and he exudes confidence. He Every step, if it had not been for the Lord on my side tell me where would I be Whew. you went to college majored in pledging spades pizza and thank you somebody 
He says he's a rock of my salvation. And David, who was just a shepherd, David was just a shepherd. And after being a shepherd, he got promoted to become king. We see no formal education, but David, because he had discerned the divine, had a cosmological, astrological view of God. He said in Psalms 8, well, when I consider the moon, the stars, and the sky, what am I to mindful of them? He understood that the law of gravity holds us here, and it could not just be that. He understood that the moon, the gravitational pull, holds all of that two-thirds of water back off the earth and does not overrun us. He understood the fact he understood thermodynamics before there was even a thermodynamics mentioned that the uh, law of entropy says that the universe tends to go to chaos and because everything is in order there had to be somebody who put it all in order he recognized that not only was David a cosmological specialist not only was he an astrological specialist but he had a divine discernment to understand biological things without even a biology class so in Psalms chapter 139 he says oh I was um, I was knit in my mother's womb and I was fearfully and wonderfully made. He understood DNA. He understood RNA. He understood the beauty and the nature of birth. He understood that when his daddy met his mama there was 1.2 billion cells, sperm cells that went in a race and all of them were different individuals but he won that race and met the egg in the fallopian tube on only two days where it could happen out of the year during ovulation and he was born and then when he was inserted into the uterus he was born he was not a fetus he was not reproductive rights because even before he would form in his mother's womb God knew his name he deserved the divine he recognized that only God could put this together he recognized that I'm sorry, this is not an accident. This is God's divine favor that the fact that I'm born means that I'm already a winner. I'm one out of 1.2 billion. That's enough to shout right there. I gotta go, I gotta go from there. Then he also, champions, champions, champions. They also, forget the thermodynamics, forget that. Let's not go there. Skip that. That's gonna, uh, yeah. Then also, you distinguish the source of your strength. Never did David say, I made it. Never did David say, ah, I tell my enemies, look what I did. Look at me. I'm somebody. Look, ma, I'm at the top of the world. He said, no, it's the Lord that is my strength. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above all those who rise against me. He recognized that it was not him, but that it was the God of his strength. And he called him my shield in verse 3. My shield, my stronghold, my savior. God strengthened us by his people and champions recognized that their strength comes from the Lord. And let me tell you something. God... The strength that God gave them that came from the Lord came through the people that he put around them. You can't be a champion by yourself. Because I know they tell you, there are people who say, I don't like people. You are a person. How can you not like people? I don't like people. You hate people, but you kiss dogs? How can you hate people, but you kiss on a dog? Something backwards with that. David recognized the strength of God because he was surrounded. He surrounded himself with champions. Just as Bishop, you can judge a leader, judge a champion by his team. Look at the team that Bishop surrounds himself with. Look at yourself. Look who's in this church. Man, 
then he's surrounded with champions. Let me show you who David was surrounded. It's in the next chapter, verse 23. Adino, the Ezanite, who kills 800 men at one time. In verse uh, 9 of chapter 23, Eliezer, son of Dodo, attacked the Philistines and fought. He fought the Philistines until his hands cramped onto the sword, but he kept fighting anyway. He couldn't even let go of the sword. Oh, what about Shammah, son of Agi, who stood in the middle of a field when everybody ran away? He defeated an entire platoon of Philistines. These are the guys he hung out with. Abishai, who killed 300 men. Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, who killed two men who looked like lions. This is all in the Bible. Two men who looked like lions, which means they were very ugly. Then... Then he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. You got to be a bad brother. You're slipping on the snow, you're in a pit, and he killed a lion. These are the kind of people, because real champions are not intimidated by good people and strong people to be surrounded by them. Good champions, not intimidated by powerful, anointed people, because they recognize, I need to be linked with other folks to become better. That's why you got to come to church, because if you stay home and be isolated, those are the ones who get killed. That's why I'm going to make it into the house of the Lord, because I got to be surrounded with some folks who are on fire, and they fire makes me stronger and we make each other strong from heart to heart breast to breast we build one another up and they ain't just sitting around talking uh, I'm just so discouraged because people don't get with my vision they going out killing by themselves Whew. oh lord have mercy they distinguish, that's why Leviticus chapter 26, verse 7 and 8, the Hebrew Israelites got it all jacked up. Hebrew Israelites always talk about the curses, but they never look at the blessings. Don't you know you were cursed? You came over here on a ship. <laughs> like you just skipped the whole blessing part. You want to be cursed. <laughs> You want to be a cursed Israelite. Leviticus 26, verse 7 through 8 reminds us. They said, you, one will chase, a, you will chase your enemies. Five will chase a hundred, and a hundred shall chase 10,000. Then finally, 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 somebody say finally. Whew. They're delighted. Champions are delighted by God's works. They discern the things of God. Whew. They distinguish where their strength comes from. Then finally, they're delighted by the works of God. Oh, he says in chapter 22, verse 50, that same chapter 22, he says, therefore, whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you must ask the question, what is it there for? When you see the word therefore, ask the question, what is it there for? Oh, because it's there for something. It's in light of all of this, therefore, in light of all that God has done, in light of all that I've seen, therefore, I will give thanks to you. Because I know I couldn't have made it by myself. I know I couldn't have made it. I know I don't deserve championships. I know what they said. I know what they labeled me as. I know what they wrote me off. I know how I've forgotten in the back of the wilderness. I know I shouldn't even be here. I know I'm cute, but nobody saw the cuteness. I know I'm smart, but nobody saw the smart. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O oh Lord. When you're a real champion, don't nobody got to tell you to praise God. Don't know, but you don't wait for permission. You don't let nobody give you 30 seconds. You take all the time you want. You dance without music. I don't care if you don't like how I dance. I praise God in my own crazy way. Because God done crazy things in my life. Somebody shout, yeah.
thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for making my brain work. Thank you for making my body work. Thank you for open doors. Thank you for, oh God, thank you for making a way. Champions don't complain all the time. Champions focus on the goodness of God. Every day somebody do something stupid in my life. But I choose to look at all the great things that God did. He said, therefore, therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentile. Ooh, that's the folks that's not in the church. When they talk, talking about all these bad pastors, pastors out for money, pastors out for this, you should be like, hashtag, not us. I'm sorry. I got a real pastor. I'm sorry. I go to a real church. This ain't no pimp church. This is a real church. We get delivered. We free. Uh, what you talking about? He talked to the, you know, we so soft. We scared to offend folks. I just want to love. Love don't mean you don't disagree. So we scared to tell people we love Jesus. But they tell you they love Satan. They'll hug a tree, kiss the roots. Carry the dog in the airport, poop right next to you. Put it in the bag, throw it right, excuse me, and get my dog poop. And you just scared to tell them what caused you to get over. You recommend restaurants, you recommend people to go all kinds of places, give them five stars, give God no stars. The devil is alive. I'm giving God five stars every day. I'm going to tell the world who the God is that I serve. Do you know why I'm looking like I'm looking? God made me like this. Do you know how I'm so powerful? God made me powerful. Do you know why I'm so great? Because it's the Lord that did that. Therefore, give thanks. He said, I will give thanks and I will sing. I love hearing Bishop sing. I love hearing Bishop sing. See, a real champion don't have to be a professional singer. They just got to know they know the God that they serve. I may not be able to do runs like that woman of God, missionary, evangelist, prophetess, knight. But I can do my own run. Oh, Lord. Lord. Here I am, Lord. Now I sound Baptist, y'all gonna kick me up out of here. The champion spirit, he said in Psalms 147, great is our God and mighty in power. Understanding is is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts down the wicked. And you know what? David ends the Psalms. Psalms, am I right? Psalms is the longest book in the Bible. But check out the last verse of the Psalms. Psalms 150 verse 6. It's the last verse of the Psalms. And it says, let everything. After all that was said, after all them great songs, after the Lord was your shepherd, after the earth is the Lord's, after all that great stuff, it said, let everything that has breath, bad breath, good breath, halitosis, I don't care what you got. If you have breath, praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Woo! Can I, can I give y'all one more tip? On a Psalm 150, Jesus just reminded me. The air, the air we breathe. The air we breathe is a mixture of gases. I'm not a scientist. I know there's like PhDs in physics in this church. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a country preacher. But the air we breathe 
It's a mixture of gases. Oxygen being one of them, the most essential for us. The air has 21% oxygen. If it was 25% oxygen, everything would catch on fire. If it was 18% oxygen, we would suffocate. I'm trying to help y'all. So every time you take a breath, you know God has provided for you. You may not have no red bottoms. You may not have no gaiters. You may not have no expensive hair. But if you can take a breath, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my custom hair. Thank you for my power. Somebody shout hallelujah. We got to pray. We got to pray, y'all. We're going to continue at 7 o'clock. We got to pray. Check this out. The champion. The wonderful thing about David being a champion is that he was surrounded by people who said, you know what? We got to protect you at this season in your life. This is our champion right here. And if you're a real champion, you stand in front of him. I know, I know adjutants is not protocol to stand in front of the presiding bishop. I'm here to tell you, I'm breaking protocol. You want to get to him? You got to get to us. You don't get to him till you come through us. This church will be paid off. And he ain't got to worry about it. Because we got you covered, Bishop. And if you come for Bishop, he going to pray for you while we... You mess Bishop, you got to mess with us. Because he's the light of the church. He done fought his fights. And he taught us how to fight. Since he taught us how to fight, we not in diapers no more. We've been potty trained. We can fight for our own selves. We can stand for him. Look, anybody going to say, I'm standing with this man of God? Don't you look at me like that. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Listen, you can't be a champion if you're not saved. If you don't have it right with God, you can't be a champion. And I promise you, you can run from the last seat in the balcony and run down here and God gonna do a miracle in your life. If it's not right with you, come and say, I wanna be on this championship team called the kingdom of heaven. And I speak even right now, just as God did in my life, he transformed me from somebody who thought they were tough and made me really tough in the things of God. If there's somebody here and say, I want to make it right with God, I want to be saved. Because if you try to be a champion on your own, you'll get overwhelmed. You'll get overwhelmed with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, homicidal thoughts. But I speak freedom even right now. What you waiting for? I don't have no songs to sing. I have nothing else to say. And if you wondering, am I talking to you? Yes, I'm talking to you. Come on quickly, my brother. Come on quickly, my sister. Come on down here right now. Join the championship team. Join the real team. I'm the wingman for the Lord even right now. Come and meet me here even right now.
Come on, come on, come on, come on. Wherever you are. Now I know in your mind you're saying, I'm going to make it right where I am. But God is saying every step that you make, the declaration that you make, this is your coming out party. This is your press conference like a basketball team. This is when I step out and say, I've switched teams, I've switched sides, and now it's a new deck. Get this brother a hand. There's some more coming. That's a real man right there. That's a man man right there. There's some more coming even right now. Come on, come on, come on. We're not in too much of a rush to receive you even right now. Come on, say, this is the day that my life changes. This is the day that I upgrade. I speak upgrade in your life, bruh. I speak upgrade in your life. There's about 10 more folks that need to come. Come on, come on, come on. I see you coming. I see you coming. Come on even right now. This is the day that your life changes. In the name of Jesus, in nombre de Jesus, I speak even right now. God is here to do it. Come on down from the balcony. Come on from the back, from the side. Bless these sisters. Bless you, my sister. Bless these babies. Hallelujah. Bless you, my sister. Yeah, this is a new day even right now. Do you know there's miracles happening in this place right now? Bless you, sis. Celebrate your new life. Happy birthday, y'all. Happy birthday. Bless you, sis. There's some more coming even right now. Bless you, my sister. Come on, come on, come on. I'm willing to beg, come on. This is your chance. This is your chance. God is saying it's your time. Now I want to say to you, as you stand here even right now, it's not about nobody else. Just want you to just raise your hands to God even right now. And just tell him, here I am, God. I surrender. And I ask you to come into my life and save me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Save me, Lord, and give me a new life to be a champion for you in Jesus' name. Now they're gonna pray with you, they're gonna pray with you. I wanna pray while they're praying with them. There's a bunch of folks here you save, but the devil wanna make you, tempt you to make you soft, get you off focus and to get you distracted. And I want to say even right now that today is a reminder during this celebration of birth that this can be a new season, a next level in your life. If God was talking to you, we don't, we're not going to call you down here, but where you stand, it becomes your altar. Just lift your hands to him. Lift your hands to the Lord, wherever you at. Tell him I surrender. I see you up there. I see you all around the top. I see you all over this place. And I speak even right now, divine courage, divine supernatural strength, the grace of God be upon you and may the Holy Ghost fill upon you and I speak that even as you surrender God is healing your body God is healing your spirit now God just as, Ash, just as Abishai and just as all the other champions fought with David raise up a generation in this church that takes up the slack Father we ask even right now that you show your power in our lives Make us champions in our lives, in our families, where we work, where we go to school, in our communities. But most of all, may we please you. In the name of Jesus, now I dare you to just tell him, yes, Lord. Tell him, yes, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Yes, I'll go where you want me to go. Yes, I'll say what you want me to say. Tell him, yes! Clap your hands and praise God, everybody. Nobody will walk, nobody will leave the house of God. You have to receive the Lord's Supper and share with the work of the Lord. So please don't leave. But let's praise God for those who accepted the Lord Jesus. I want to know your name. I want to write you a letter this week. A letter of encouragement 
I want your name on my prayer list. I want to pray for you that God will build you up and strengthen you and take you deeper into his will and into his power. So I need you to go to the prayer room with our personal workers. They will tell me how I can write you. They will give you literature. You'll read in the privacy of your own home. They'll give you an opportunity to become members of West Angeles Church. All of you, please, turn toward your right. Our dear brother has his hand uplifted. Follow him to the prayer room, please. Follow him, follow him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, clap your hands and praise God for them. Are there others? You want to join the church? You want to be a member of West Angeles, a part of our life? We'll be glad to receive you in the name of the Lord. Come forward in the name of Jesus. It's time for the Lord's Supper. Remain standing, please. Jesus said, you do this in remembrance of me. He wants us to remember his sacrifice, remember his suffering. Bread suffers before it becomes bread. The seed is thrown into the cold ground. The seed dies, it germinates, it crushes its way through the crust of the soil. It grows into wheat. It's cut by the sharp sickle of the farmer, cast and, and then it's threshed, and then it's cast in a hot oven, and it's baked until it becomes bread to us. The grape, the fruit of the vine, suffers before it becomes the fruit of the vine to us. The grape is cast into the wine press, and pressed until its life's blood spurts forth from it. Then it becomes juice to us. It suffers, and it endures agony. Jesus endured suffering and agony before he became Lord and Savior to us. And so we remember what Jesus had to do and go forth. Dear Lord, bless us now as we partake of these symbols of your body, of your blood. Bless us as we commune with one another, celebrate our membership in the family of God, sitting around the table of God. Bless us as we partake and as we remember, in Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. Everyone be seated. The ministers will come. The deaconess will make ready. You'll receive the Lord's Supper together. <laughs> 